0: The number of people legally allowed to enter the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness for overnight camping trips from May through September will be reduced for the next paddling season. Forest Service officials telling us at WTIP they are reducing quota across the forest at entry points where they frequently get comments from visitors about congestion, crowding, or natural resource degradation. Joining us now for more on this is Superior National Forest Public Affairs Specialist Joanna Gilkison. Joanna, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Joe. Absolutely. So let's talk about quota reduction. How many entry points will this impact, and what does it mean when we say quota reduction?
1: Sure. So the forest has a mandatory um, permit quota in place, which essentially manages um, and helps distribute visitation across the boundary waters so people aren't grouping up in certain areas um, at, or or traveling into the boundary waters at the same time. So, it helps us manage uh, visitors and distribution of those visitors. We are, you're, you're correct, we are uh, making some reductions to the overall permit quota for our permit season, which is May through September, uh, and we are making changes forest-wide. So, that's So all of our districts will see some level of uh, changes to quota. Um, And, you know, we really are focusing on those entry points or areas where we hear about the largest um, number of impacts, natural resource degradation, um, congestion, crowding, like you said, lack of ability to find campsites. And we get that feedback and comments from our visitors. Um, We have wilderness rangers, you know, who are out talking to our visitors who are observing these things. Um, So we know it's happening because of what we're seeing and because of of what our guests um, and the visitors see. So, um, you know, specifically for the east side of the forest, we're looking at around 10 entry points, um, seeing some changes in quota out of 34 on the Gunflint District, and then 6 out of the 13 entry points at the Tochte Ranger District.
0: All right. Now, can you narrow that down a little bit further, Joanna, Force, and give us some specific entry points or, or lakes or, or narrow it down a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, again, we're looking at those places where we're seeing the most uh, damage or getting feedback that we're seeing the most damage and crowding. Um, so we are working on finalizing that list and those numbers um, and we can get more to you soon.
0: Okay, but from our purposes, I, I think uh, we'll describe it as those entry points that are, are very popular, and, and typically we would think of Mid-Gunflin Trail, maybe Duncan, Rose, Seagull, Brule on the Tofty District uh, we'll, Sawbill. We'll wait and see and confirm that, but those would be some that uh, come immediately to mind. So tell us a little bit more about why this is happening. You mentioned wilderness degradation and, and wanting to preserve the, the idea of a wilderness area, but tell us a little bit more about why this is happening.
1: This isn't a new thing, um, the, seeing natural resource degradation and damage and seeing crowding and congestion, but we've seen it sort of worsen and increase over, over the last couple years, especially since the, the pandemic, um, and just the press that the Boundary Waters gets. I mean, it is um, one of the most visited, I think it is the most visited wilderness area in the United States. Um, so we, we see a lot of visitors, we see a lot of traffic um, coming through, and we've also seen the impacts um, of those the high number of people who are coming through the area. So um, you've probably seen the photos of trees being cut down in the wilderness, you know, trash found at campsites, um, illegal camping at places that are not official campsites. Um, and then, you know, we're also seeing impacts to the natural resources like erosion um, and, you know, people not using latrines, (laughs) not using our wilderness latrines um, where they are provided. Um, And then there's also the social resource concerns. So crowding, um, oversized groups, you know, each permit allows up to nine people to go in and we're seeing groups that are larger than that Um, and people not being able to find uh, campsites. So for all of these reasons, you know, we are looking at this, this forest-wide uh, change in our quota to, to try to, one, um, preserve and maintain a wilderness, um, and two, to improve uh, the, vil- the visitor's experience so that you really get that wilderness, that true wilderness experience.
0: We're talking primarily or specifically about overnight permits or day motorized permits where you have to register through recreation.gov and obtain a permit. That's the quota that we're talking about. But day use, day use permits you fill out at the kiosk, and you can go in and one specific example referencing, again, Duncan and Rose and the stairway portage in the Mid-Gunflint Trail area. We know there's been a lot of congestion there in recent years, especially during the pandemic and higher visitation. So day use permits, is that a factor in this? Has that been discussed?
1: That's a great question, Joe. Um, Specifically, we're looking at overnight paddle quota right now. So not looking at the day use um, quota, just people who are going in overnight for, you know, one to for multiple nights um, with a group.
0: Uh, So tell us about you mentioned this is has occurred before the quota numbers have been changed in previous years. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So the forest has changed quota in the past, um, in the Boundary Waters, in response to various events, such as natural disasters, so a fire, you know, a fire scar, um, lowdown, places where it's not safe for visitors to go, uh, and in response to natural resource damage. Um, And, you know, so those changes occurred from 1986 and 1993 to 2004, Um, and some of those Quota changes were eventually phased out once um, the area recovered, or we're able to, you know, make sure that those areas are again then safe um, to our visitors. So it's it's not something, it's not a new management tool. This isn't the first time the forest has used it. Um, you know, I, I would like to take this time to also acknowledge that quota is not the only tool that we use to manage uh, the boundary waters. We have a, a myriad of wilderness tools and some of those other tools include um, you've probably heard us come on and talk about Leave No Trace and educating our visitors about Leave No Trace principles. Mm -hmm. Um, Another tool is our wilderness rangers and we've been working on really beefing up our wilderness ranger program and um, we had quite a few vacancies a few years ago and so we've been working on filling those vacancies and making sure that we have Adequate numbers of, of wilderness rangers who can be out in the wilderness, kind of patrolling and um, checking on people, and just just being out there observing and, and being there to help. Um, and you know, we could also another tool that um, we have is you know the, the price of permits. Um, so we aren't in conversations at this time, but you know, the the amount that we charge per permit is another way um, that we can manage the wilderness. So, there are a myriad of tools that we're already using, and quota is just one of those at this at this time. Um, so I just want to throw that out there and remind folks that you know we we are constantly working on our strategy and approach to um ensuring that we preserve the wilderness.
0: okay, so there could be when we talk about fewer overnight permits an economic impact to some of the outfitters on the east side or, or throughout the Boundary Waters region. Did you consult with the cooperators, the outfitters, and and discuss things like make a consideration about the economic impact of this?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, yeah, we've um, been having conversations with the cooperators or outfitters um, about changing quota and reducing quota um, over the last year or two. And so we have had a, had those conversations and worked with them to try to um, implement some changes that hopefully you know don't influence economics too much um, but also provide a you know a, a more quality wilderness experience for guests so the economics is definitely something that we consider um, but you know as we've been talking about through this throughout this conversation there are multiple things that we look at you know the preservation of the wilderness our visitors you um, And you know our partnerships um, and our cooperate and working with our cooperators. So it is something we take into account as well.
0: When we talk about people having to camp illegally, what you know because they can't find a campsite, or just that struggle to find a campsite in some instances, has the Forest Service, rather than thinking about reducing overnight permits, thought about adding more campsites?
1: That's a great question, Joe. So I have heard that, um, I've heard people ask that before. And so a couple things. Um, one is that we have the number of campsites um, kind of allowed or specified um, for use in the Boundary Waters. That is a number that is defined in our forest plan and our Boundary Waters Management Area Plan. Um, so we do look at, you know, the impact, the number of campsites, and we maintain a certain number. Um, because we think that's basically what the wilderness area um, can handle while still maintaining its wilderness quality. Um, And, you know, the other piece of that is if we increase campsites, you know, it it will just increase traffic um, in the area. So it won't necessarily help with um, the social resource damage component of this.
0: This will be taking effect in 2022. The permit season starts quota permits in May, May 1st, and registration, though, for those, or you can access those permits January 26th in 2022. Uh, maybe some people might notice it, uh, depending on how familiar you are with the number of permits available for each entry point, and and perhaps not, but uh, these changes will be in effect for 2022. I've been speaking today with Superior National Forest Public Affairs Specialist Joanna Gilkison. Thank you, Joanna.
1: Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it.